Hello and welcome back to Secrets Behind the Music Business. I'm your host, Barry Victor, and today we have a special guest with us, superstar violinist, Miss Chelsea Green of The Green Project. Chelsea, how you doing today? I am good. That is such a nice intro. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. You got jokes. I'm glad you appreciate it. Thank you it. for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm, I'm so excited to have you here and be able to just get some wisdom from you and you know, find out exactly who you are, what you do, and how you got here. So it's exciting. Well, let's get into it. I'm excited to be here. All right. So first off, I want to find out, like, how you got into the music business, the music industry, whichever side you, you are most comfortable with, because I know it's the music business and it's the artist side as well. Right. So how did you jump into it? Well, I feel like I kind of have a lot of different legs into it. So I was born into a family of musicians, and that was the first thing. So I was introduced to music very young, and I was already taking private lessons on violin mm -hmm. by age four. So it's at this point, violin and viola is like just another arm to me, you know, it's mm -hmm. just very natural. And uh, I'm so grateful that I was exposed to music so young because it was classical. It was jazz, R&B, soul, pop, funk. You know, it was the gamut. And so I never really divided it up uh, in my head. It was just all music. It was all stuff that I enjoyed listening to and stuff that made me feel good. That's incredible. So you well versed. You can play it all, huh? You know, I like to dip into a lot of different things because I think it's good to be versatile. Right. And I, I think that also helps inform your personal voice when you create music also. I agree with that. So how long have you been doing this full time? And did you ever think that you were going to be able to do this full time? Or did you think that it was going to always be secondary to whatever other path that you were interested in? <sighs> wow, that is like... A hard question because up until about 10th grade, I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. And then that shifted. Uh, and then I had an internship at a top 40 radio station in Houston, where I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. And I was so fascinated by all the different aspects of the radio station and how that worked. I was like, well, maybe one day I want to work in the, you know, like in a programming department or be a on-air personality for a radio station. And I just always kept going back to my violin. And um, so I will say that even when I was in undergrad, I would play weddings on the weekend with a string quartet and we would kind of do that. But professionally, especially like with the Green Project, it's been about eight or nine years that we've been working about eight uh, it's going to be eight years this this year was that like a, a spinoff of something that you just had in your mind like were you performing as a solo artist and you were like i want to put the green project together and, and get these other creatives to rock with me how did that come about that's the craziest thing this is I, this story is so funny every time i say it but it's the truth so I actually was playing with symphonies. I was freelancing and I was just subbing in viola sections of symphony orchestras whenever they needed a sub. And I literally was going on a date after 
one of the orchestra concerts. I was dressed up, had my viola with me, and my date stood me up. So I I ended up going, I ended up finding my way into an open mic. And I honestly had never even known what an open mic was. And, you know, the bartender could tell I was having a rough night or whatever. (laughs) So he hooked me up. And the DJ was like, oh, we got somebody at the bar that has a saxophone. Uh And I'm looking around like, who has a saxophone? And everybody was pointing at me like, that's you. I said, oh, that's a new name for it. Because it's really a viola, but that's that's cool. We're going <laughs> to rock with it. <laughs> so I went up to the DJ booth, and um, he dropped the instrumental of Kanye West's Flashing Light. Uh-huh. And I just improved on top of this instrumental for like two solid minutes. And the owner of the club actually came out of the back and said he wanted me to come back with a band that weekend. Wow. And I just connected with some of the, you know, musicians that were at the open mic and we put the put a band together and came back that weekend and that's how it started. Wow, and you've been rocking with the same player since? I've been so my drummer and I have been rocking together ever since day day one. And um, you know, through through the years we've evolved and gotten some new band band members but this the group that's together right now we've actually been a unit about five and a half years which is a blessing because you don't usually get a core that sticks together for that long so that's that's pretty rare yeah it is i'm very grateful so also what i'm interested to know well first let me ask how long have you been doing this full time I know you just got a position at Berkeley. I did. I did, which I'm very, very grateful for. Thank you. The Green Project, we had our first gig on Halloween of 2009. So I always say it's kind of like it's almost been about eight years now that I've been, you know, that we've been touring and performing together and recording professionally. And I, in 2000. 15 i quit all of my day jobs to focus solely on the green project so so it's been you know three solid years that i did the green project focus 100 percent. yeah congratulations on that because a lot of people never take that leap so i'm glad to hear that you did well thank you pursued it and followed your dream well thank you i appreciate it i mean i think it's just like one of those things you have to just do you can't think too too long yeah um, also, what I'm interested in knowing is, do you imagine that there are as many opportunities out there, if not more, because I'm not familiar with that side, but if not more okay. for, um, musicians and instrumentalists and non-vocal acts to sustain a career independently as it would be for a singer or a rap artist? Actually, really good question. I will say that it is challenging for an instrumentalist. I don't think... It is quite as welcoming in every venue because a lot of radio stations, you know, a lot of venues like a vocalist. They they like singing. And, and honestly, you know, I was even encouraged by my management to sing more in the show. Like, make, make that a bigger part of what you do because it is something that appeals in a different way than straight instrumental. Um, but I also believe that, you know, if you work hard at whatever it is that you're super passionate about, you can you can create a path for yourself no no matter what. Definitely. 
I believe that. Like you can create your own niche if if you're good enough. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this. Go ahead. I feel like you're about to say something. No, no. I mean, I'm just saying. Like for for me, incorporating more vocal tunes was okay because like I enjoy singing and I like I really like connecting with the audience on that level too. But some people don't like that, you know. So I just don't want to discourage anyone from exploring one path or the other because especially with social media and the way the industry works now anything is possible definitely so would you say that the singing part is about 10 to 20 percent of your show or even less than that do you incorporate it you know, in every show you know what i i don't even know at this point it's kind of, it's really almost incorporated a little bit into pretty much every other tune that that we play Mm-hmm. Even if it's not necessarily a a vocal t- tune, like I'm, I still might sing or ad lib on it. And um, we played a show in November, and I remember the manager coming out after our second show that night, and she was like, "You should add comedy to <laughs> <laughs> to the list of what you do in your show because you're really funny too." So. You know, I try to I try to incorporate everything because I think people see me on a on a poster and they're like, "Ooh, she play violin. It's gonna be boring. What is this really? gonna you be?" Think and think that? listen, I love it when guys come up, especially when guys come up to me after a show and they're like, "Yo, my girl brought these tickets right uh-huh. and said we was going to see this violin girl play." And I was like, oh, my goodness, I have to go to this violin concert. And then they, they turned into, please let me get your CD. It was a lot of fun, you know, and I yeah. can't wait to see, see the show again. So, you know, it's just about the audience experience, and, and that's really important to me. Yeah. Well, initially, like, when I saw your website and your pictures, that wasn't my thought at all. I was like, man, this looks dope. She looks professional. I don't see, like violin players that ever make you look that appealing like I, was, I wanted to know okay. who you were like who is this and what does she do you know so wow well thank you yeah no thank everything you. clean and so professional like just on another level so wow right, that means a lot something. i appreciate that yeah yeah um the one of the most important things for me to do in this show is to kind of help create a pathway for people that are in this business and and are coming up. So for you, I feel like you're at a certain level and you've accomplished certain things. So for the people who want to do the same things that you're doing, can you um, tell us some associations that you affiliate with to collect royalties as a musician? You know, say for instance, like they have sound exchange for artists and labels or ASCAP and BMI for songwriters and publishers. Yeah. What do they have for non-performing and non-lyric writing creators? Well, I mean, I am a part of ASCAP and I think, you know, I think it's important for anybody that creates music on any level, even if you don't, you know, necessarily have your own music that you're releasing, even if you are contributing to somebody else's project, it's especially important to be affiliated with, you know, CSAC or BMI or ASP or ASCAP because they will be collecting royalties on your behalf, even even as a contributor. Um, you know, so if you were a songwriter or if you were a arranger or if you landed production credits, you know, or if you did background vocals or if you played 
keys on a tune, you know, all of that matters and all of that can generate income. And so it's important to make sure that conversation is part of what you speak on before you commit to doing a project. Right. You know, and, and sharing that, you know, well, here's my ASCAP information. Please add this to the royalty so I can, you know, collect mine also. Um, and and just to keep everything really professional and on the up and up because this industry is about relationships. And And I think, honestly, as I get older, I feel like I learn most industries are about relationships. Yeah. And, you know, and it's about connections and how you relate to people and how you, like, what's your synergy? And especially with something so personal as music, you know, you have to have a certain synergy with somebody and you have to be able to relate to them and, you know, talk and and have a rapport. And so you never want to burn bridges or feel like you were burned. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's best to do as much as you can on the beginning of it so that everything works out in the end. And so definitely be a part of ASCAP or BMI. One of the things that I love, or, or CSAC, um, and one of the things that I love is sound exchange, you know, doesn't necessarily make you have to sign up for anything. They just pay you anyway, um, which is beautiful. So, like, even if you release your music solely on SoundCloud or just only online, they look into all of those plays and, you know, they, they research all that to see how they can generate income for, for you. And that's really, really special too. And so they're just holding the money and collecting it until somebody actually claims it. Exactly. It's yours. It's always going to be yours. And when you sign up and, you know, say, Hey, that this is me, then here's your check. Got it. Okay, so what are some of the other ones that are more geared towards? Um, like I know they have the AFM. Um, okay, right. So yeah, so the Metropolitan, so the American Federations of Musicians, also known as quote unquote the union, like the the musicians union. Um, that also is super helpful if you are in a city that you know, where, where you participate or freelance a lot with theater shows or, or with the orchestra or with a, a choral group, or if you, um, you know, even if you play with different artists that come into town and need a rhythm section or something, you know, if you're a part of the union, they will pay you a certain rate, like it's already pre-negotiated and it's already a contract with the union and you can be part of that. And they call you first because you're a member of the union. And that that was actually a really big stepping point to how I started my career in Baltimore with with the orchestras there. So the, the musicians union is really helpful. And also I'm a board member of the Recording Academy. Nice. Um, and everybody knows, you know, our most famous event is the Grammy Awards. But... There's so much more that the Recording Academy does throughout the year. And um, it's a great organization to be a part of because, um, you know, you can be a voting member or an associate member and still have the benefits of going to all the events and and networking with people, you know, and collaborating with people and getting to know the creators that are in your community. What are some of the benefits from joining the Academy? 
I mean, just, I guess just that, that again, I mean, building so many relationships with so many different types of, of music creators and music contributors, because the Recording Academy is not just a whole bunch of artists. It's, you know, managers and it's, and it's, um, you know, music attorneys and it's contract negotiators and like it's reaching far beyond what you might think okay, I need my producer and I need my band. Like, it's also a videographer or a photographer or a web creator that works with musicians or, you know, accountants that work with musicians. There's other resources that you can rely on in in the industry, too. So in terms of how your career has been going so far, is most of what you're doing now based on those relationships that you're getting from the union and the academy, or are you working with the set a group of people that you personally reached out to or that you knew from a while ago? I mean, it's, it's really a, a combination of everything. Um, and that is why I think it's important to just always have a good attitude, always be optimistic, you know, always, always press through even situations that look like they could be not perfect at that moment um, because you never know how it's going to come around and I'm so grateful to have people still consider me and what I bring, um, you know, to, to, possibly, to possibly be a part of their project or be willing to work with me. So, um, you know, yeah, I really, truly feel like it's a combination of everything. It's new people that I have met recently. It's some old colleagues and everything in between. Okay. So do you know how it works? Like, for instance, when you said if someone's coming in to town to play, there's an opportunity for you. Do they look at, like, all the violin players within that area and then give them an email? Or how do you specifically get chosen for those type of opportunities? You know, it's really, like, I honestly don't know that there is one particular science. I know for some occasions it was literally – they call the union, the union was notified. And then who, whoever, which, whichever contractor in, in the union was committed to the, to that type of project. Like you, you might have a contractor that works with a lot of choral groups. Okay. Or you might have one that works with a lot of R and B artists that come into town, you know? So I remember, getting called to play with Stevie Wonder at the Verizon Center. Mm. That was literally like the day before he came into town. Wow. And and it was like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Do you, do you want to do what you have scheduled or do you want to change your life? It was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man, that's not a hard decision. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, well, this is, this is a pretty easy decision. Now it's just going to be how I'm going to reschedule my whole day. But, right. Um, you know, these these are things that is like not even the thought. It's like, am I going to play with Stevie Wonder? Absolutely. So, um, you know, and it was just she was assigned to contract that event, and I'm so grateful I was on her call list. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then sometimes you get a call to to contract some things. I've I've contracted performances of, for a string quartet or some string players where I couldn't personally be there. But I extended the opportunity to colleagues. So, you know, I have friends, you know, that are in New York that are doing some amazing and incredible things, working with some 
amazing artists like celebrities. And I just think about when when we went to school together so many years ago, and these these are our dreams now, you know, kind of coming true. So it's really just about relationships and making sure you are prepared for when you get the call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Like, what did they say? Uh, preparation and opportunity is when luck happens or something like that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I am a good old-fashioned Southern church girl. So uh-huh. I'm always like, God has the plan already written. We just need to prepare ourselves to yes. go along, like, for the ride, you know? Mm-hmm. So it is... Um, I, it's just so beautiful that he sees far beyond what we can even imagine for for ourselves. So, so when you're yeah. not gigging, are you spending a lot of time rehearsing and practicing for that preparation? It depends. Honestly, for me, it depends. Sometimes yes. Sometimes I just need a break, um, and and I just want to be kind of re recharged, and and I feel like. I don't know how much people post that on Instagram or Facebook because, you know, you always see the studio selfie or like, you know, in the lab working it out or in, in rehearsal. You know, sometimes I just need to be with my own thoughts and, yeah. and not listen to music, you yeah. know, um, because I need that time to plug back in and, and recharge. Now, other times, you know, the music is it just kind of pours out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really just kind of play it by ear, Yeah, okay. to, you know, cause I don't ever want to burn out on any one, one end. Yeah. And I, and I think because you have been successful in a capacity, I think it is good. Not saying that you should do this, but that some people may want to post that up like, yo, I'm taking a break. This is a day yeah. for me because, um, we have a culture right now where it's like, you know, you go hard. I don't get tired. No, no rest. Right. No time for sleep. And then people, you know, who are on the come up thinking, man, I can't take no rest. If this person who's like super successful, they don't even sleep and they're not tired. Like, how do I expect to get there? So it's kind of like people, you know, shaming themselves for like, man, I need to take a break or I'm tired because they don't. Yeah. Sleep. Yeah. Man. No. Yeah. You everybody needs a break some sometimes and it's OK to do it. And uh, everybody's break looks different, too, mm-hmm. which is which is beautiful. You know, some people need to go to the Caribbean for two weeks. Um, some people just want to clean their house. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's all very different. And I think that's what makes everybody's voice so unique. Right. OK. Yeah. So um, I also saw that you were a, a recipient of the ASCAP Plus Award. Can you tell us some tips that you think someone else uh should maybe put down on their application if they want to receive that award, if they're like pursuing their Yeah, career. yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just really being diligent about being organized with your set list and making sure that either you or you have somebody that, that you're working with or that's on your team, they update your ASCAP profile with every set list. Mm-hmm. And I remember that year I was really di- like diligent about every time we played going right into ASCAP and entering what we performed. Right. Um, because I don't know if people realize, but like when you perform a cover on your set, the venue actually is paying your, your royalty to be able to do that. 
Mm. And ASCAP takes a note of that when you when you upload, you know, the fact that, okay, well, I did my own arrangement of Beyonce Deja Vu. Okay. You know, then they they still have the venue has already paid royalties on your behalf. So you don't have a limitation on your set list. Got it. Um, yeah. And so that that kind of diligence they look at and then that's when they award you with, you know, just keeping up with everything that you've been doing and, you know, just being very honest about what you're doing and showing how much you perform your music and, you know, the the art of others as well. Mm-hmm. And that's ASCAP on stage, right? It you know, is. Where you enter the it stage? is. Okay. It is, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for someone following in, following in a similar path as yours, like the same genre, style, or instrument, what are the, some of the best ways that you found to generate income, whether it be physically or digitally? I, I released my first EP, The Reverb Nation. Mm-hmm. And I released my second album, or I guess my first full-length album, through CD Baby. And they they both do well with kind of keeping up with your with with your with keeping track of how many plays and spins you're you're getting around the world. And um, you know they just they keep a track of all the different services that stream you and what regions of the world are streaming you. And, um, you know, they do a, a direct deposit just straight into, in, into your account. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the digital digital plays don't get much money, but um, but it, it does add up and it does collect. And then you get that deposit and you feel like, to me, it's not really about the amount of money. It's just to look at that list and see, wow, you're streaming in Japan and you're streaming in the UK and you're streaming in Russia, you know, it's like, you don't even know who you're touching when you release music. Right. So, so I think that is even a more powerful thing than even just having that add to your income. But I would definitely say go through a independent or or go through a, a, a distributor that can actually collect royalties on your behalf um, that would work in addition to ASCAP or BMI or CSAC. Right. So I, I'm a little yeah. familiar with CD Baby, and I know they have the CD Baby Pro version. So when you talk about getting money from overseas, what um, what do they call that under Reverb Nation? Because I'm not familiar with that one. So if people want to sign up with Reverb Nation. You know Nation. what? I'm, I'm not even sure. We released that Reverb Nation EP back in 2012, so it was really long ago. So I'm not sure what they're what their um, most recent version of that is. But I'm pretty sure if you just went to Reverb Nation to check it out, and if you have an artist profile on there and that is something that you'd be interested in, I'm sure they have it listed there where where you can upload. But um, it would be very similar to the process of CD Baby. So it's just about getting all of your codes you know for all your songs as well making sure you have all of that entered in and all your ASCAP information so they can keep up with it yeah I think it's important that you mention this because a lot of people think that it's only ASCAP and BMI that you need and they don't know that you can't even collect those royalties 
abroad if you don't have a publishing administrator. So it's good that you're mentioning this because I mean they have things like Song Trust and um, CD Baby Pro and TuneCore administration to help you get that money from overseas. But a lot of times people just think, oh, let me get Sound Exchange, ASCAP, BMI, and I'm good, not knowing that they're missing out on what could be a lot of royalties from overseas. So thank you for bringing that part up. Oh, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So those are some of the, like, the traditional ways that you were talking about that have been around for a while. So have you found any non-traditional or new innovative ways to generate income that you didn't even think was a possibility or new existed before you got into the industry? I mean, honestly, social media has just completely revamped how many innovative ways you can collect income. And I don't personally do YouTube that, like, I'm not that dedicated to YouTube, but I do have many friends and colleagues that that is a serious source of income for them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just a regularly maintained and refreshed YouTube profile, you know, posting on a regular basis, monetizing your videos, And, you know, you can really see money from that. And, um, you know, now you do have to be very careful with the copyright laws and, you know, across all the different platforms, they look a little different. So it's very important to, you know, pay attention to the copyright laws about, you know, cover songs or other arrangements that are not your own personal material. But um, definitely... You know, publicizing your work, even if you have work that you want people to listen to on a different platform. Like if you want to do a YouTube video about a new song you just published on SoundCloud, that's the conduit to getting money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it goes back to all of these different resources that we've been saying, collect royalties. And, um, you know, I think... I think that's really important to even say at your live shows. You know, if you're doing a performance, say you can listen to us on your way home on Sirius XM or on, um, you know, on on a Spotify or Pandora or, you know, build a Chelsea Green and the Green Project station on Pandora and, you know, encourage people to stream all of your music as well as music that may fall in your genre category. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, sell merch at your shows, like outside of CDs? Are you selling like t-shirts, wristbands, and stuff like that? We have CD. We 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 have. So we have sold t- t-shirts, and they sell best when we're wearing them, wow. right? So so if we have them on and we're at a family festival, you know that's when everybody wants to buy them because they just saw us wear wear them on stage. So. You have to sell stuff that you would you would wear and you would use and and that you would want to purchase yourself. Mm-hmm. They want to be a part of your movement. They do, which is so beautiful. It's it's such a because it's like beyond the music. It's it's like a it's it's a it's a big expansive family at that point. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So another thing I want to find out is. How do you typically find gigs and what are some of the ways that you recommend for the up and coming to get paid gigs? Okay. I mean, honestly, I would say, you know, connecting with venues in your area is really essential. 
and especially venues that may have special or private events. Mm-hmm. Connecting with the person that or, that organizes the events at a certain venue, you know, and and giving them your music and saying we this is how we sound like this. These are some of our videos. If you could consider us for some private events that you may have coming up, you know, those are always a beautiful way to get to grow your audience and connect with more people without having the pressure of selling tickets. Mm-hmm. In your experience, um, does that yeah. mean and you are including like a whole EPK or are you saying right now just give them the music first and then you can come back with the whole EPK with the bio and the one sheet and everything else? Yeah, you need to let your music speak for you first okay. because in this day and age, less is more. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, people don't like to read. They don't have time to read. And if they want to find out more, they're going to look at whatever it is that you gave them and put you in Google and see how legit you are, right? So um, it's important to have a professional appearance online. Like if the only website you have is a personal Facebook page, maybe consider, you know, getting a square a square site, like a, a website, Um or like if if you don't want to build a personal website then have a dedicated facebook page just for the music okay um you know but do something that would help legitimize what you're doing outside of just you know posting casual shows on a personal facebook page so when it comes to social media how important do you think that is like do you need to be on all platforms snapchat instagram facebook or do you think if you have one and you maximize that potential of that one, then that's good enough? You know, I really think it is. that's going to be more of a personal decision because you have to only do what you can maintain, your, you know, yourself or with your team if, if you're so blessed to have one because everybody doesn't have a team at this point. So just however much you it's, – it's kind of like our parents say the – the bigger you you dig the hole is how much work you're gonna have to do, right? Mm-hmm. So, I like so you need so so you need to make sure you can keep up with what you started because social media is about consistency. Right? Yeah, I, I, that's what I have seen over time too. Like people will start off with these like YouTube channels and they be getting like five views, nine views, and then you look four years later and they're getting like a million views on each video. So exactly, I, don't, I don't think a lot exactly. of people go back and like check that like, man, they've been doing this for a long time and you want to be where they are, but you haven't even put in 10% of half of the work that they put in. So it does. Take well, time. and, and it's just like, you know, just think about how you found that person, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe it was through a hashtag or maybe it was through somebody you follow who reposted it. So you want to do content, you know, that you feel like, would connect with a broad audience because that will draw them to want to share. Got it. So um, what's your take on music videos? Do you feel like they're important or they're not important? I think music videos are great. I think video period is what is current. I don't know what necessary. I think it could go in, in a couple different directions as far as what is next, but currently Video is where it's at. So people want to see it. They want to feel it. They want to 
and and they want it to be quick too, like a quick impact. Can you say that piece again? Because it it blanked out. I couldn't even hear what you said. Oh, okay. No, I was saying you want to create smaller videos that will like shorter shorter videos that'll capture attention fast, as opposed to you know long videos that may lose viewers. Got it. So you know, and you can post to Instagram a whole minute. Um, you know, and so consider, I want this same video to be on Facebook. So just because Facebook will give me a longer amount of time, doesn't mean I need to fulfill that time. I'd rather get more views than a longer video. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I asked that is because I, I did look for some of your stuff on YouTube and I didn't see necessarily a, a lot. So I was wondering if uh -huh. that actually made a difference in your career. Like, did you feel like it wasn't necessarily... Um, critical for you to have because you seem like you're still doing a lot of things anyway. Well, I mean, you know, I think everybody is kind of different videos. So I have a YouTube page and, um, you know, somebody even brought to my attention, which I think is a really great point. I don't have at green violinist on my titles. I have Chelsea green and the green project. So if people don't spell my name, right, they don't necessarily find anything. And that is such a great point. You know, everything on social media really needs to be connected. So if you are at green, like for, for me, I'm at green violinist on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, but I'm not that on YouTube. So people don't find me there. Um, and so, you know, for me, I'm not a huge fan of video. <laughs> Just, just just me just me myself personally yeah. um i like to be i like to post videos that are viewed and we edit and we do all that okay there are some people who literally mm -hmm. post a video every day in their car mm -hmm. however they look you know and and if that's you great but for me that wasn't necessarily my mo so like i mean just like i'm saying you have to do something where you know you'll feel comfortable in yeah. being consistent in that. I think video probably, you know, would be more more helpful. But for me, it's just like I'm not really in that rhythm yet, but maybe I will be soon. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason why I ask is because I want, I want people to be able to say that, or not say, but to be able to look at an alternative to what people are doing. Because some people will tell you, you need all of these different things. Like, you have to have social media. You have to have a YouTube channel, SoundCloud. But looking at you, it's like, that's something that you just haven't incorporated yet. But you s still seem to be moving the way you want to move. You know, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. Because I feel like, for me, not doing so, so many videos also is a benefit. Because it gives people something to desire to see later. Right, right. You know, and so, and with the oversaturation of what social media is and how people utilize it, sometimes it can be even more alluring and even more desirable to not see somebody all the time, mm, you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's like, dang, I wonder what she's working on. I don't know, because she's kind of quiet. Mm -hmm. What's happening? And then the next time I post, you know, I'll get a thousand likes because I haven't posted something in so long. That post gets a lot more attention. Nice. And see, I've heard people say the opposite where they're afraid. Like if they don't post, then, you know, people are going to unfollow me and, and they're going to wonder what's going on in my life. So a lot of people have that fear of missing out. 
but I like the approach that you're taking where it's like, if you're not oversaturating, I don't right. say the market, but your page, you know, people appreciate more when you do deliver content. And and I think also that comes with me having, you know, my audience rages, I mean, <laughs> rages, they range, rather, they range in age. So we have so we, we have such a broad range of ages that we deal with that I think it's just it, it's a it's a happy niche that, you know, I don't necessarily post content every single day or, you know, every other day. Um, and, and you have to know your audience personally, mm-hmm. you know, which is which is why you have to be genuine with mm-hmm. what you post. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you say no to them personally, how do you feel um, you are in terms of fan engagement? Like when people comment, are you commenting back all the time? Are you, you know, giving shout outs to your fans? Like how important is that to you? I definitely try to comment as much as I can. I mean, again, because that's something that you would have to do. If you if you did one, you would have to do it for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so you got to watch that because if you end up getting, you know, 800 comments, that's you all night on right. on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think that I try to get to know people because it makes such a big difference when they purchase a ticket and we're in Atlanta and they're like, I just want to say that you responded to my daughter's post and she has been talking about it all week to her friends, to her teachers. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that makes you feel special. Because right. it's like, wow, you know, I didn't even realize that she cared that much. But just you saying, thank you, girl. Thanks for supporting. That means a lot. Right, right. I'm sure it does, especially a lot of people in the beginning when they feel like they discover somebody. They want to, like, keep yeah. the relationship. Like, man, I've been there since the beginning. And then, and then they watch you, you know, you blow up and stuff. And they're like, man, I remember those days when she was just starting and, you know, she would hit me back on Twitter or Instagram. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. So with within your experience, or maybe you look back and you say, maybe I should have done this when I was pursuing, um, what would you recommend or what are some of the uh, steps that you would tell someone to take in terms of transitioning from a nine-to-five job into a full-time career as a musician? I would say savings account, savings account, savings account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a particular number? You know, you know, I'm not going to say a particular number because I think everybody has different needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say savings account, I mean literally just having something. Mm-hmm. set aside i'm not saying have a whole lot but i'm saying just have enough to maybe last a couple months because you're gonna have so many different costs that you incur you know very quickly and you're gonna feel that bi-weekly check absence very soon you know it's it's gonna go away very very quickly so you want to be able to have something, you know, that, that you can lean, lean on. But one of the things that I really was amazed by was no matter when I thought I was like just about to run out, God completely changed it. Like it would be, you know, it's going to work out and it's going to work out because you're going to make it work out. Right. 
So you you have to have you know enough faith to know that you can step out on faith, mm-hmm. and it and it's gonna work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you feel when you like finally took that leap and you like, man, this is actually working. Like I don't have to be afraid. You know, you know. a moment where you like, man, I should have did this a long time ago. Or where you just like, I'm finally glad I'm here. The thing about that is, which I hope people don't beat themselves up about, is you could not have done it if your mind wouldn't let you freely do it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So uh, unless you're ready to mentally really commit to say, I'm good with this, then then you it's, it's not going to work. So... I was just so grateful that it w- it was like a stress reliever. Okay. It was like I can wake up every morning and focus on my art. Like what a blessing, you know? Such a blessing. Yeah, and and I would also suggest diversifying your profile as an artist. Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's a big one too. So you can sing good, you can play good. What else can you do? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know. You know, do you, are you a good speaker? Like, can you do motivational speaking or do you work with kids or, or do you, you know, can you work in nonprofit situations? Um, you know, how else can you change up what you do to be appealing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like yeah, the across music the board. That you do, you, you could go anywhere. You can go perform in a, the local nightclub and then you can go perform at the white house. You know, so. Oh, you know, come on. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I, do appreciate that. I I see it. You know, like a a lot of people, because they don't diversify, it's like you only going to be able to get so far. But I mean, you're fine with that. Cool. But it's like, yeah, I want to be able to to go to any place in the world and share my music, especially if I believe in it and I know it's good content and it should be shared. Then you need to give that to the world. Like that's your gift. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's. It is it is a blessing and I think that you have to love you first and you have to love your music first too. So, you know, you have to have a product that you feel passionate about. Right. Yeah, cuz I believe that nobody yeah. else is going to believe in it if you don't. You know? Exactly. How do you sell something exactly. that you you don't even back, you know? So, yeah, yes, yes. That's a good exactly. point you um, so are there any grants or scholarships or special music funds out there that an artist can uh, connect with to get financial support for their creative works? Yes. Um, I know that when I was in the D.C. and Maryland area, actually the state offered um, artistic grants, which I think every state Arts and Humanities Council or even every county, depending on what state you live in, whatever county you live in might have an Arts and Humanities Council that offers grants. And you can apply for those based off of, you know, where where you live. And they usually award, you know, many recipients uh, so that they can spread the wealth as much as possible. And I would also look into your local performing arts centers and see if they offer any type of artistic residency okay. where, you know, they, they compensate you and you create new works over the course of a year. I've done that now twice. I'm in a residency currently that's lasting through through May. And so they feature you in their season and they also pay you to do, you know, other types of outreach performances and things. And 
I also look into the federal government grants um, because they do support individual projects, but they also support touring, which nice. is great. Wow. Yeah, yeah. and we, we, yeah, we benefited from that last year when we went overseas and performed throughout the Middle East and Eastern Europe. So, and Haiti. Was that from American Music Abroad? Yes, yes, okay. from American Music Abroad. So, we that they have great or like organizations that work with the federal government grants that can provide opportunities like that also. Mm -hmm. So are they paying you in paying for like the travel and everything, or is it just like either or they know? So, so for the American music abroad program, they paid for everything. They, they pay you to do the tour, but then mm -hmm. they also compensate all of your travel and transportation and everything. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's a yeah. weird situation. It is. It is. I mean, now you are not on vacation, okay? Mm -hmm. We were we were performing about three or four times a day for about oh, wow. five weeks straight. Yeah. Wow. So How you were you sets? were going, going, going. Huh? How long are the sets? Like each day? Like if you're doing five shows, is each one of them like 20 minutes? Or are you doing like five, one hour You know, sets? it kind of depended. Like it, it, it would depend. Like the morning might be a TV show and then you go to a radio show. So you do like a few songs, a few songs, and then you might go to a school and perform an hour. Then you might go to a university and perform an hour, have a lunch, do an early evening performance, and then, you know, go over to the ambassador's house and do a show. So wow. that, and, and this was, you're not even counting like, you know, equipment load in and equipment breakdown and all that. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was intense, but, you know, a very eye-opening experience. I mean, I never in my life thought I would have gone to the Middle East, and it is such a beautiful place full of beautiful people. I, I was just so grateful for that. You and know? for free, and to get paid for it. Right? And to get paid for it, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the first one that you mentioned, is that is there a specific website that you can check? Is that like artsandhumanitiescouncil.gov or .com? Okay, the... So I'm going to give, I don't know, because you're, because I don't know where everybody is listening. So they would have to look into their own, their own counties, mm -hmm. opportunities. But if you just say arts and like for Maryland, for Maryland, for, for Montgomery County, you can go to, let me see. I'm typing it in as we speak so I can give the okay. correct. Okay, so so for Maryland, it's create for for Maryland Montgomery County in Maryland, it's creativemoco.com and it's just the Arts and Humanities Council of Montgomery County, Maryland. So I'm pretty sure every every county in the states, you know, pr pretty much probably not every single one, of course, but I'm sure most offer arts and humanities awards and grants that they give to community artists. Mm -hmm. So that's a big one to look into. Okay. Now for American music abroad, how hard is it to get into that? Did you have to have like a long resume before applying or can somebody, I mean, you can new? apply and everybody should apply. The applications are actually currently open for another week or so, but, um, 
Yeah. I mean, you just put in what you have. You know, it's not necessarily about the length of your resume or what you've already done. They're looking to showcase American music in, you know, in places that would normally have access to what it is to see American music, you know, and American music looks different everywhere. Like when we were in the Middle East, they were like the only thing we thought jazz was was Ella Fitzgerald and Dizzy Gillespie, and, you know, and, and Dizzy Gillespie. So yeah. there's they, their eyes were open, like wow, there's a whole new style of you know contemporary jazz that Americans do, um, and it, that was very eye eye opening to them. And they're very aware, you know, of everything that we're doing. I we we put a little bit of a Mario song in when we were in this like obscure Eastern Europe country. And they were like, Oh, that's Mario. Let me love you. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. I'm like, okay, y'all better know. Y'all, y'all better know your songs, you know? Right. So, so they are very aware and they're interested in that. So I would not be discouraged if you didn't have a lengthy resume, just put whatever you have in there. And it's really about what, you know, how you can connect with these communities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the other part about um, teaching, because I know they have, I don't know if it's mandatory that you teach something, but if it is, what exactly were you and your crew over there teaching? Is it like music business or is it teaching um, how to play a specific instrument or what does that look like? No, it was really, we were just, you know, and just teaching what it meant to play our style of jazz you know, and our style of music. So it's really just what you feel most comfortable with sharing. Like, what is your, how, what is your knowledge based in to where you would have the confidence to really, you know, share that in a way that that would be educational. Got it. Got it. That's yeah. Cool. So that, that, that picture looks different for a okay. lot of people. Okay. Now, I know we almost had an hour, so I don't want to keep you too much longer. So I have one final question, and then I want okay. to allow you to say, you know, whatever you feel that maybe I didn't get to get into. But my final question for you is, can you tell me about the mission of the Green Project and what you see it growing into in the future? Wow. I mean, I my prayer is that we just continue to make music that we love and continue to be able to share music with the world, you know, per performing and touring and recording and releasing music. And I think that will always be a challenge because the world is changing every single day. And, you know, it's our responsibility as artists to, you know, really be a, be a, be a part of that change and, and, you know, evolve with that. So I just love how it keeps you on your toes and keeps you moving. And I really pray we just get to keep sharing our music with the world. Yeah. 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 And, and even like, I guess when I was asking that question, I was also talking about the education side as well, because I know that you guys go into different schools and you teach. So do you see that like something you want to make mandatory in every school or, you know, when you do the educational outreach and stuff? You know, I would love for us to be able to go into schools even more regularly than we do because um, I know that they're, you know, ripping arts programs out of schools left and right. And I think it's just doing such a disservice to our youth 
to that they're relegated to thinking, quote unquote, music is this one cookie cutter thing that they hear on the radio or see on TV. And that's not it, you know? Um, And I want kids to know that people are still playing real instruments. And, you know, there are ways to make music off the computer. Um, Or there's ways to incorporate the computer with live music. That's a really cool, you know, synergy. So I just I just don't want kids to to become limited to thinking music is one very, you know, um cookie cutter thing. Yeah. So the commercials yeah, that I mean, they hear all the time. Exactly. 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 Okay, exactly. so before we wrap it up, can you can you tell us some things that you feel every like artist or creator should know or sh- you know, just embody some jewels or anything that you want to leave us with? Or, you know, like I said, some things that I didn't cover or questions that I didn't ask. What would you like to say to the people listening? You asked so many amazing questions. So you were super thorough. It was a great interview. Thank you. I mean, I just, I just would encourage um, artists to believe in themselves and believe in their art. And I know that, that you know a lot of people say that but i can say as an artist myself that is out here doing it sometimes you do feel discouraged when you don't feel like you're connecting Mm -hmm. on the level that you think you should be or that you could be um and i just i just want artists to know that there is still an audience that you are connecting with and at the end of the day if you are if you are proud of your art, you have already succeeded. Like you, you have already won because you believe in what you're doing. So just remain focused, you know, and stay consistent with knowing that what you have is valuable, good and great. And it will be a blessing to someone in some way. And it's just about timing. You know, it's just, it's just about timing. So the key. You got to be able to just be patient. Absolutely. And in the interim, practice and be willing to learn more. You know, that's always soak in as much as you can because you never know how you'll utilize those those talents and resources later. Um, you know, so be open to learning new things and trying new things. So mm-hmm. that that would be all, I guess, you know. Okay. And I and I kind of got another question because this one is personal. When you come to California, I, I see all the upcoming shows. Ain't none of them. Oh here. my goodness! You know, I want Everybody I wanna is on my case when I come into Cali. Man. I when I say that we've been trying to come to California for like a solid two years. I'm a, I'm I'm working on it. I okay. I pray it's gonna be soon. Let me okay. say, I pray it's gonna be soon. Yeah, we need to get you out here because I want to come to a show. Yes, sir. So. I'm definitely you let me know as soon as we get it you let me know personally and you will be there i will make sure you have a good seat too thank you yes. oh okay give me a nice seat in the front that'll be nice. okay if that's where you want to be yes yeah. we, we will work it out i want to be right there okay cool so before you get out of here can you let the people know where they can find you at and how they can get in touch with you absolutely you can connect with me on we're on facebook chelsea green and the green project it's Chelsea with a Y, C-H-E-L-S-E-Y, and green like the color. 
And then on Instagram, it's at Green Violinist. On Twitter, at Green Violinist. And on, um, I mean, you can look me up on at Green Violinist, but then on YouTube, we're also Chelsea Green and The Green Project. So, and I have a good old-fashioned website, just ChelseaGreen.com. And that has all of our info on it. It don't look old-fashioned, y'all. It's a nice website. You, you said what? I said it ain't old-fashioned, y'all. It looks very nice and updated <laughs> and the pictures are clean. It's very modern. It looks good. I do appreciate that. So we hope that we can connect with everyone. And, you know, we're all in this together. I think mm-hmm. the more we can support each other as independent artists, the more we will grow together. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for giving us all your wisdom, your knowledge and experience. We do appreciate it. And hopefully we can talk to you again sometime in the future because, you know, the industry going to change within the next six months. So you might learn something that we can benefit <laughs> from. So, uh, well, thank, thank you for having me. I'm so honored that you that you even invited me to be on with you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm honored as well. Like I'm I'm all about like promoting the independent people who are actually doing it because you know a lot of times we think oh we can't make it unless we're signed to a major label you know right stuff like that right famous but nah it's people out here really doing it and living their dreams and making it happen whether that's sixty thousand to a hundred thousand a year you can make a living off of that so and and then you're happy and you're doing what you want to do so those are the kind of people that i want to learn from and share their stories Wow. Well, I appreciate what you're doing, even just for independent artists, period. You are working it out. Thank you. And we are grateful. All right. Well, let's talk again in the future. Let's not let it be too long. All right. All right. Have a great night. Thank you so much again. All right. You too. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye.